On church, let's give him a huge round of praise. Come on. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Grab your seats, everybody. It's uh, great to be together. I, uh, last week, I wasn't in full voice. I was fighting a nasty bug, and I may not be quite there yet, so if my voice cracks or something halfway through, please be gracious with me. Okay, quick question for all the men out here as we get launched into week number two. How many men in this room have ever asked the question, oh, are you pregnant? But they weren't pregnant. My brother told me years ago, he's walking across campus and there was like nobody there except this lady coming from a distance that he went to a class with. He kind of knew her, didn't know her very well. And it was one of those things like he looked up and she looked down and he's like, oh, what am I going to say to her? And then he remembered and he saw her. He's like, oh, she's going to have a baby. That's right. And so they got a little closer and he's like, okay, how am I going to do this? Yeah, yeah, got a little closer. And then finally he looks at, hi, hi. So when's the baby due? And she looked at him very, very sternly and she pointed to her belly. She said, this is what the last one left behind. So you can take or, li- or leave this advice, but I am of the philosophy, not until you see the head. <laughs> and that's the problem with our words. Once they get out there, you, you, can, you just can't grab them. You can't get them back, and the damage has been done fairly quickly. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you missed last week, which was week number one of Sticks and Stones, hop online, catch up with us, won't take you a moment, but I think it would be very helpful just to have, kind of review really quickly. The main idea from last week was simply this, quick to listen, slow to speak. Let's say that together, ready? Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time, quick to listen, slow to speak. So that is what we fail to do when we get into an argument. When there's any kind of disagreement or the heat comes up a little bit between two people, that is what we fail to do. And what happens is instead, we close up, we stop listening to the other person, and then we start talking longer and louder. And the other person does the same thing. And here's why. Because you both want the exact same thing. You want to be, I want to be heard, and I want to be understood. And you want the exact same thing. You want to be heard and you want to be understood. That's what the other person wants. So we're developing a new habit, quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to speak. So picking up from where we left off last week, words are powerful. Your life has been shaped by words. My life has been influenced and shaped by words. There's no doubt about it. Words that were spoken to us, or about us, or over us. Words shaped your childhood experiences. World shape your marriage today, and your closest friendships. They impact your confidence, and they impact massively when you stand and you look at your reflection in the mirror. What do you see? So what, me, what I want to do is I want to tell you a few truths about words. First one is simply this. Words are not equally weighted. It's fascinating. They simply are not. How many positives does it take to counter a negative? And we all know, you could probably think of something that you did, maybe as a kid or a teenager or even as an adult, where you did something well, you did something good, maybe in sports or a hobby or in your career or something, and people came up to you and they're like, man, that was great, well done. Man, we, no one else would have thought of that. The way you did that was great, great. And then one person comes up 
and in they come with negative criticism. And what do you walk away thinking about? We all know. And it's like all of that positive affirmation and encouragement, which was legitimate, we just discard it, and all we can do is think about, man, I, that person wasn't happy, and I messed it up, and I should have done it better. Why do we do that? Well, words are not equally weighted. Now, I don't know the answer to that in terms of how do you counter all of these things, because it probably depends on what was said to you. But we rarely forget the hurtful words. So words are not equally weighted, and then the source is not equally weighted. So I, around here, tomorrow, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am a boss. And my words probably weigh about 150 pounds. And so sometimes I have to be careful when I speak. Because when I speak to people who are on the team here, um, my words probably have a little bit more weight, a little bit more clout than perhaps with other people. If you are a mom, your words probably weigh about 500 pounds. Hugely important. If you're a dad, and I don't know why this is the case, I think your words weigh the most. I don't know why, but they just do. I had a person in my office a long time ago, and difficult, difficult life. And I listened and listened and listened. After, towards the end, I said, I, I need to say some things to you. And I just began to encourage this person. And I knew them a little bit, and so I began to, I was able to like say specific things that I had seen them do and that they were around and that they believed and they stood up for and ways in which I saw them caring and serving people and, and doing a good job in their family. And I, I, I was just pouring it out, like here's just encouragement and care and love. And at the very end, that's what the person said to me. He said, you know, thanks so much, but I wish my dad would say that. I, I made a little bit of a dent. An ounce of that from their father would have made this much of a difference in their lives. So words are not equally weighted. The source is not equally weighted. And lastly, the recovery time is not equally weighted. If somebody is nasty or unkind or mean to you in some way, it hurts immediately. But we don't get over it immediately. Sometimes it takes a little time to recover. No amount of words, to the contrary, can immediately make that vanish and just go away. And we think, but I said I'm sorry. Okay, I said something stupid. You got your feelings hurt. I said I'm sorry. Why are you not okay? Well, for the same reason that if you accidentally slam their hand in the car door and say I'm sorry, it doesn't mean that the pain in their hand just goes away. Sometimes it takes time. So quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen, and slow to speak. Your words are powerful. And you can do damage with your words more so than you can with any other part of your body. You can do damage with your mouth, this little thing right here, more damage with this than any other part of your body. And you might think, no, I could probably do more damage with my fists. No, I'm telling you, your mouth is far more powerful. You can destroy a person and not even be in the same room as them. Last week, we bumped into a fellow called James, the brother of Jesus. And he began to talk to us a little bit about this, and he's got a little bit more to say. And I'm going to ask that every one of you sit on the edge of your seat and pay attention to what James has to say today. Because here's why. What he's going to say to you today has the potential to undo future regret. Every one of us in this room, it's easy for us to think of a moment in your life when you said that thing and now you think of it today and you're like, oh, just cringe. 
Why did I say that? Because you recognize it hurt or it undercut or it did damage or it ruined a relationship. And if you could get your DeLorean and go back in time, man, you just never say that. Well, that's what James has given you today. I'm going to give you something that's going to undo future regret. So you want to pay attention to this. Chapter 3, verse 2. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Gain control of your mouth, you can gain control of your whole body. That's how powerful words are. All right, James. So what does it look like? He gives us a little example from his world. He says, when you put the bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So absolutely, we know that you can control a horse by putting a bit into its mouth. You can control a whole animal. Another example. He says, or takes ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So ships were probably one of the largest constructed uh, items in this day and age for James. They could hold hundreds of people, tons of cargo, and they would head off. Now you have the sails and you have the wind and you've got things blowing in different directions, but we all recognize that one small rudder on the back is really what's going to direct the course of that ship. The point that he's making is simple. Small part, big influence. A little bit in, in the mouth of a horse, a little rudder on the back of a ship, insignificant proportionately, but it has an extraordinary influence over that animal or over that ship and has, as he's now about to argue, over the direction of your life, this little tiny thing. Verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. I know it's kind of gross, but your tongue, in relation to other parts of your body, is relatively small. Your tongue is about four inches long. And it has eight different muscles in it. Here's what's fascinating. I never knew this before. You know, you go to the gym and you're work, lifting the weights, you're doing all that. You can get to a point where you're like, man, I can't lift my arm up, right? You're just like, I am done. Because you've, you've, your, your muscles are tired out. Do you know that your tongue never tires out? It doesn't. When have you ever been like, okay, I can't say another word. You may have been like, I can't listen to another word, but we can talk incessantly. More examples from James. Verse 5, he says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And so we saw this even this year, like out in California. Unbelievable damage. Unbelievable um, destruction. It was untamable, out of control. And this fire just consumes everything in its path. It wrecks lives. It wrecks people's homes. It destroys and it extracts millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars worth of damage. That's what this scripture says. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. They never work first time, do they? Wow, there we go. That's it, it's tiny. I asked, I said to some of the staff members, hey, I want to just bring this up by way of example. And Jeff Heishen, he's like, I got one for you. Aww. What the heck? 
So he's the director of our youth. <laughs> so the teenagers are in great hands. They meet tonight at six o'clock. <laughs> Small part. This little spark. It's like you're walking around with your pilot light on all the time. And all of a sudden, out it comes. And man, there's a forest fire. Big influence. Some of you today have lost employment because of your mouth. Some of you have ruined friendships. And you know it. Some of you have ruined your marriages. It has contributed to the dismantling of your marriage. Or it has brought distance and coldness even between you and your kids, your children. How difficult is this? How serious is this? Verse 6, the tongue. I'm looking at your warning here on James. Like, he's hardcore today. He's intense. Watch his language. He says, the tongue also is fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. So your tongue has the potential for endless evil. Thanks, James. Now, it also has the potential for endless good. And actually, that's where we're going to be next week. And you want to be a part of that. I cannot wait to see what that's going to unleash into your marriage and your parenting and your work and this church family and this community. But today, James is actually focused on something incredibly negative. He's giving us, I think, in a loving way, wisdom. And he's given us, like, seriously, guys, you need to be warned about this. You need to know that this is the case. Divorces have been initiated because of words. Violence and murders have been initiated because of words. This is how serious it is. Wars have been started over words. And we're walking around with our pilot lights lit. Verse 6, it corrupts the whole body. And we all know what this means. If your teenager mouths off, do you put their mouth, uh, is, your, is their mouth grounded? No. The whole teenager is grounded. If you've got a little toddler, a little two or three year old with a good old case of sassy mouth, do you, uh, do you time out the mouth? No, the whole toddler gets put into time out. You never fire a mouth. You never divorce a mouth. James is pointing out that your mouth has the potential to get your whole body, all of you, into serious, serious trouble. He's not done, and he continues pretty intense. He says it corrupts the whole body, and then it says it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Oh my goodness, James. Set your life on fire. It has the potential to burn down your marriage, burn down your career. I had a fellow in my office this week. He wasn't even in church last Sunday. He had no idea what the series was about. And this is what he said to me. Probably five years my senior, I, I would guess. He said, I can't help the words that come out of my mouth. He's like, I just react. I lose it every time. He says, I am on the brink of losing my job if I do one more thing. He says, people say things to me and I just, bleh, it just comes out of my mouth. He says, I've wrecked marriages, wrecked relationships, and I can't stop it. It has the potential to burn down your reputation, burn down your future just with words. Some of us here have scorched the people that we love the most with our words, our kids. Why would we scorch our children with sarcasm? The person that we vowed to love till we die, we scorch that person with our words. And then when we're confronted, like, why are you talking to me like that? Then what do we do? What do we use? 
words to defend the poor words and that sometimes on fire, scorching words that we use to hurt this other person that we actually love. And then we come out with all kinds of excuses. Well, I didn't mean it. Or I was just trying to be honest with you. Or, you know, I was just angry in the moment. I was just kidding. It was just a joke. I was a little drunk. You can't take that seriously. I didn't mean it. The truth is, even the fires that you start by accident are still your responsibility, aren't they? And as if James hasn't gone deep enough and hardcore enough, he now takes us to the very bottom. He says, this fire, this toxic thing in your mouth, he said, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> James. And when he says hell here, I don't think he's talking about like some eternal place of torment. I think he's talking about a source of evil. Have you ever, have you ever said it? It's like, man, where did that come from? You ever said that? Man, I can't believe I said that. Man, I can't believe I spoke like that. That's not like me at all. Well, I'll tell you where it came from. According to James, it came from within, and it is evil. All right, James, that's enough. Nope, I'm not done. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. So unless you're watching Planet of the Apes, we're good, right? right? We're not walking out there about to be attacked by any kind of animals. Of course, every now and again, a snake might bite somebody or some horrible incident, you know, maybe a shark attack or something like that. But for the most part, we're dominating, we're doing well. So if you can do all that, if you can control all of that sphere, but then this is what he says, but no human being can tame the tongue. Don't miss this. You're not capable. This little thing that has as big influence is simply untamable. And you will never master it, ever. But I've been going to church for a long time. I've gone to church for 30 years. I've prayed prayers. I've read this book. I've read it cover to cover. You're deceived. You'll never master it. It will always be an unpredictable factor in your life. We must always be guarded. We have to get up in the morning and simply go, quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. Slow to speak, slow to speak. The rest of your life. He goes on further, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Look at this little thing on my face here. Do you know what I could do in 10 seconds? I could damage this local church. I could ruin my reputation in 10 seconds. I could end my ministry, end my career. Next week, There'd be three elders standing up here. Well, you all remember Alan. <laughs> he said he's sorry, but he still can't come back. He messed up. Ten seconds. Quick to listen, slow to speak. That's the power. That's the poison. That's the unpredictable factor. And then James says, look, let me show you how ridiculous this has actually become. He's talking to Christians. Verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse beings who've been made in God's likeness. Oh, 
your reckless love. I love you, Jesus. Praise you, God. There's nobody like you. And we walk out the door. And we look at somebody who's made in the image of God and then out of our mouth spews this snide, undercutting, toxic, crude, sarcastic, foul language. And James was like, that's weird. It doesn't make sense that you're pouring out praises and then you're undercutting people who are made in his image. Verse 10, 11, out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to have a mouth that says, I love God, and then turn around and curse people who are made, who God loves. Our mouth is doing two opposite things. Again, their world. He says, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. Okay, James, we get, we get all the comparisons here. No, 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 he's trying to make a point. It's actually unnatural when you do that. I love you, I praise you, I thank you, God. I, you're holy, I'm gonna live for you. Oh yeah, bleepity blank blank and you're a no. He says it's unnatural. It's a natural thing. And then what comes next from James is very unexpected. Nothing. All of that intense Fire, hell, toxic, it's going to wreck you, untamable, out of control. And then he, he's done. He actually moves on to another subject in the rest of his book. He's, it's over. Come on, James. Could you slow it down a little bit? Maybe touch the brakes for us. Help us out. What are we supposed to do with this? How do we apply this to our lives? I think he's doing it on purpose. I think why is for simply this reason... Because there is no once and for all solution. There is no once you've done this, you're good. There is no silver bullet. There is no, hey, follow these five steps and you'll never make that mistake again. It doesn't exist. There is no podcast or book or little cute saying that you can memorize. There is no, well, once I'm mature and I'm a, I'm a godly person, I'm a, then I'm never going to have that problem ever again in my life. It doesn't exist. It is a constant thing. And that's so normal for the Christian life. We really shouldn't be surprised by that. Because every day of my life, and for you too, I think there's a sense in which I've got to wake up and say, God, fill me with your spirit again. Like, I don't know what the next 24 hours hold. I think I do, but really I don't. I could, I could betray you. I could walk away from you. Save me from myself, God. I need you to be with me again today. And then I get up the next morning and I say it again. This is a constant, it is a constant potential for good. And we'll look at that next week. It's going to be powerful. But it is a constant potential for extraordinary evil. It determines the quality and the direction of your life. It determines the quality and the direction of your family and your legacy and your children and your career. It's a big deal. And you're never safe. It is a constant thing that must be constantly guarded. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. So James leaves us with a bit of a good look with that. So I couldn't leave it there myself. So let me give you three little words. They're not a silver bullet, but something to lean into. Three words. One, remember. Two, surrender. Three, confessor. Remember, surrender, Confessor. 
First one, remember that you have a tremendous amount of power. You're a very powerful person simply because you can wield words. And I want you to remember that every time you open your mouth, especially when you're angry, especially when you're frustrated or when you're wound up. I want you to remember, man, I am a very powerful person because I can speak these words. You are born with your pilot light lit. At any moment, tremendous potential for good. And at any moment, a tremendous potential for evil. That is almost unlimited. Surrender. If we have the potential to scorch, and we've picked up bad habits and tendencies, especially when we get under pressure or stress or in tight situations, then what we need to do is we need to surrender this formidable weapon to our Father. Hey, God, I'm actually giving you my words. I'm giving you my mouth. An invitation to your father to surrender your words to him. What would it look like if you actually offered your body, like every part of your body, to God? So God, today, my eyes, they're for you. Everything I look at, I surrender to you. God, my ears today, everything, every conversation that I'm a part of or that I'm listening to, I give you my ears. God, my mouth, oh my goodness, I really need to give you this tongue. Every word that will come out of my mouth, I'm surrendering it to you today. Here's a simple prayer that I want to ask you to pray every morning this week. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Isn't that a good prayer? It's simple and it's short. Man, that's a good prayer. Can we pray that together right now? Let's, let's, let's say this together. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Last one, confessor. When you mess up, inevitable. James says you are going to mess up. It's not an if, it is a when. No, 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 not me. I'm better than that. I've graduated. I'm mature. I've gone to church. I've prayed my prayers. I've read my Bible. Nope. You will never arrive at that destination when it comes to your mouth. When you mess up and those words come out, confess it. Confess it quickly. Don't explain it. Don't excuse it. Own the fires that you have begun with your words. Own the scorching sarcasm that's been a habit your whole life. Call it for what it is. Bring your family around. What dad said, what mom said, that was sarcasm. I've struggled with that for years. I have to apologize to you. There's no way that I get to speak to my children or my spouse or my friends or my grandparents or my relatives or my colleagues. There's no way I get to speak with that kind of sarcasm. It is no place in the family, none. There's no place for sarcasm in marriage. There's no place for sarcasm with children, no matter their age. Just because they were messing or joking, you've wounded somebody with your words. So confess it immediately and break the habit. Dads, every fellow in here who's a father, I said it earlier, and I really and truly, I don't know why, but our words are the heaviest. I want you to remember that. Anyone here who's a child, no matter your age, whether you are 8 or 18 or you're 58, if you have living parents, our words are the heaviest, for, are the waviest for our parents. Ah, it's just mom. Nope. Ah, it's just dad. No, there is no, oh, it's just dad. Oh, it's just mom. 
We don't speak like that. Your words matter to your parents. Ladies, you look like you're tough. And for so many of you, you've grown up in a world where you have to be able to laugh off criticism. But I'm going to let you in on a secret here that you probably already know, to be honest. Us men, our egos are so fragile. They really are. Please be kind with your words. Please guard your words. For all the men, let me tell you about God's kingdom, God's culture. Honor women with your words. This stuff's getting out of control in our culture. Not in the family of God. Honor women with your words. The women in your life. The women at work. The women that you come into contact with. I will honor women in their presence. I will honor women even when they're not in my presence. That's the world you want to create. Men, that's the world you want for your daughter and for your granddaughter. Quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. Slow to speak, slow to speak. Last thing. For those of you who grew up in homes where words were used and leveraged and damage was done and you were scorched again and again and again, do not repeat that cycle. You often see people do one of two things where they come from terribly broken backgrounds. They'll either say, I'm never doing that again, or they copy the whole thing. It's usually one or the other. Break that cycle. If that's what you grew up, it's not even that you'll be tempted to do it a little bit. You'll be tempted to repeat the whole entire cycle all over again because it's all that you've ever known and it's all that you've ever seen. And you've already heard it coming out of your mouth. The very same thing that your mom or your dad or your grandparents said and you go, man, where, how am I talking like that? You know where that comes from. So break that cycle. Don't repeat it. Words are powerful. And next week, we're going to look at how they have an, extra, an extraordinary capacity for good and for life and for godliness. So here's what James says. Bottom line, your mouth cannot be tamed. It can only be guarded. Something inside you that says, Holy Spirit, help me, fill me, empower me to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Community Church, I love you. God bless. Have a good week.